Welcome to Drone Business Talk, the show where we discuss the business of unmanned aviation. Find out about the latest drone applications and trends as we talk to drone company CEOs, business owners, pilots, and thought leaders to reveal the status of the drone industry. Here is your host, Tom Verbruggen. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Drone Business Talk podcast. As you may, may hear, I'm not Tom, as was introduced um, in the intro. My name is actually Leonard, and I do customer success for Ivernec. This is actually my first time hosting the podcast, so let's hope that everything will be okay, as I already screwed up my first sentence a little bit. I hope you're all having a great day, um, because today's guest is Matthew Davis, um, and he's a drone ops manager from Aerobotics. And today we're going to discuss on how you can scale a drone business and manage all those people within it. Hey, Matthew, um, I hope you're having a great day. How is it going? Alan, they are very well. Thanks yourself. Um, I'm doing great. How is um, how is the weather in South Africa? I can imagine that it's probably winter there right now, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm in Cape Town at the moment and uh, it fluctuates a bit. Uh, it's been a bit of rain, but today is actually quite a nice day, but it is it is a bit chilly, yeah. But not not less than ten degrees, luckily. Okay, okay. Well, it's probably very similar to our summer, your winters. Um, Matthew, um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? For sure. Um, so, yeah, my name is Matt. I'm I'm from Cape Town. I I grew up here, studied here. I spent a couple of years after my studies um, overseas. I actually spent a year in Europe and in London and Amsterdam, and then moved to Australia, Sydney for a year, uh, studied finance. Um, and then in Australia, I, I started my, my career with Deloitte there and then moved back to South Africa in, I think the end of 2017 and got a job working for an investment firm. And while I was there, I was, um, kind of contacted via LinkedIn to come for an interview with a company called Aerobotics. And since the end of 2018, I've been there. All right. So. You've traveled a lot, I hear. What is your favorite country or your favorite place that you've been? Oh, it's a tricky one. I, I found uh, I found Sydney amazing. It's very similar to South Africa in terms of weather and climate. Um, but I did love Amsterdam as well. Uh, often went to Belgium for weekends away as well. Um, but I would say Amsterdam and, and Australia are up there for sure. All right, that's a great answer. Um, so yeah, you've mentioned um, Aerobotics contacted you via LinkedIn, very progressive way of, of hiring people already. Um, can you tell me a little bit about Aerobotics? For sure. So Aerobotics is a South African ag tech data analytics company. Our mission is to provide intelligent tools to feed the world. So we do that by providing tree and fruit insights for growers. Um, we work in about 18 different countries across the world. And we combine that uh, with our drone imagery and artificial intelligence. All right, that's uh, quite a summary. Um, let me see. Um, I think um, I'm just going to go ahead with my first question. If you want to tell anything more or go deeper into something, just let me know. I will just do that. Um, because one of the things that fascinate me the most about aerobotics is that it's a very unique company. Um, I can imagine that you do not have a, like a hundred competitors in the world. Um, you obviously probably have some of them. Um, can you tell me a little bit more in specific, um, how the process works, um, with aerobotics? How do the farmers get into touch with you? How do the drone pilots get into touch? How does the whole thing work? 
For sure. So as I mentioned earlier, we we do fruit insights and tree insights. So what that means is we we basically use drone pilots to collect imagery for us. We use a combination of high resolution visual cameras and multi-spectral cameras as well with a recently added thermal. Um, but essentially the drone pilots will be sent out. We are a data analytics company, so we outsource the flying completely. So we work with the likes of other drone companies. Uh, we'll organize all the logistics and training, get the pilots out there. They collect the data. We then process that data and give that back to the clients. So for our Tree Insights product, we basically identify every single tree in that orchard and give that uh, all the trees per tree analytics. So it'll be giving them health, uh, irrigation, area, heights, all that kind of stuff as well. And then on the yield side, uh, we come with a visual only uh, camera on a drone, and then we would give them sizing, colors, tonnage, all that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. lately, we've we've just introduced an irrigation product, which basically provides a water stress analysis for the growers. Um, yeah, so that's a new product that we're really excited about. All right, it sounds very cool. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you're one of the companies that does not have an ROC, right? Yeah, so we, I mean, we we process the data. We don't collect yeah. the data ourselves, so we don't require an ROC because we're not flying ourselves. Yeah, so that's why we we partner with other drone companies who are obviously licensed and have their own ROCs to fly for us. Yeah, I think you're you're one of the of the lucky few who can be in the drone business without um, having to go through a massive pile of paperwork every couple of months. Um, one of the things that was like interested me the most invited to this podcast Matthew is how aerobotics grew from a very small company to a very big company um over a very short period of time um and very big um, I don't mean thousands but it's for the drone business probably one of the biggest um right now um so can you tell me a little bit of how that went um and all that see so I would say the funding has definitely helped a lot uh I think early this year we closed our series B funding round and, and NASPERS led that up. So that was really great getting that surety from them and having a big tech company like NASPERS back us. So that was fantastic. And that's obviously set us forward for the next couple of years. Um, but that obviously combined with some fantastic ideas is probably why we've, we've grown so quickly. Like our um, co-founder, CEO, James, he grew up in Citrus Doll here in South Africa and, and studied uh, overseas at MIT. So he's got a good combination of aeronautics, engineering and, and farming, and obviously got a lot of great uh, personal ideas on, on how he can or how the company can improve the agricultural industry and, yeah, I guess, provide intelligent tools for the world. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like he, like, um... The, the co-founder has like all the blocks in the in the perfect place to to make the company work perfectly yeah exactly i mean uh, he would say that you have to be super passionate about what you're doing to make it a success i mean aerobotics being a startup even drone companies there's there's lots of highs but equally as many lows so if you're not passionate about what you're doing you'll, you'll really struggle to make it a success absolutely and that's uh, probably the case in every business um now, could you tell me a little bit more about um, how people um, can join and how they can find you? You can basically see it as uh, a shameless plug of aerobotics right now for one minute. Sure. So, I mean, I gave some background on the, the products and what we do, but anyone that, uh, I mean, we obviously have almost two different sides of the coin here. We have, we have farmers and we have pilots. Um, 
so on the farmer side we obviously have a lot of products that we can offer you and the best way to get in touch is just going to our website www.aerobotics.com and requesting a demo through there and then one of our cons um, customer support agents will help you there um as you mentioned i manage the drone operation so i deal a lot with the pilots and and obviously with your forum and and podcast i think this will probably reach quite a lot of drone pilots so if you're looking to get in touch with us we also have a website but we also um you're welcome to call us and we also have a, an email drone partners aerobotics.com and we are always looking for pilots to fly for us i mean as i said we fly in 18 different countries across the world so we are um looking for pilots everywhere and we have quite a unique onboarding experience and, and training program to make sure that you have all the right equipment and all the right training and and uh, make sure that you're ready for the first flight with us all right perfect um Matthew, I'll, I'll definitely put your contact details and the one from Aerobotics as well uh, in the description of the podcast episode, of course. Um, what I would be very interested in is hearing like a short timeline of how the company evolved from when you first got there to where you are right now. Sure. I mean, the company started in, in 2014, but back then it was only a couple of people, James, as I mentioned, and the other co-founder and one or two others. And back then we were actually building our own drones. We used to build these fixed wing drones and fly them ourselves or, or sell them or something like that. So we were more into actual drone hardware back in the day. And we kind of realized how quickly, like um, how saturated that field is and how difficult it is obviously with all the regulations. And then we started moving towards the analytics part of it. So I'd say from about 2016 or so, that's when we probably really commercialized our products. Um, and then I joined in, in 2018 um, and the company was probably around 20 odd people then. Um, and now we're looking at about 100 or so. I think there's 80 plus people in our office in Cape Town. And then we have commercial offices in the US, um, in California and Florida, and then also in Portugal and Australia. So yeah, quite a lot of growth over the last couple of years for sure. And, and metric wise, like ballpark figures from how many square kilometers to how many did it, did it grow over those years? So I remember quite vividly when I joined, we were doing a project um, and it took us a full month to collect about, um, I think it was 3000 acres and process that data it took a whole nother month. Um, so that was towards the end of 2018, that was 3000 acres a month. And I know from May and June, we did about 60,000 acres each. So from 3,000 to 60,000 in a month flown, I think we flew all that data within two weeks and um, processed it within a week as well. So that 60,000 flown and processed within a month. So crazy numbers there. Um, and I think in total, we've, we've probably processed more than 100 million trees and 100 million and 1 million fruit, I believe, by now. That's, that's amazing. That, that is really amazing. Um, one one of my next questions that that is something that always comes back comes back in in the podcasts is what is for you personally and what is for the business the biggest challenge within the drone industry? I know it's probably going to be a little bit different than the drone operators that we uh, interviewed previously, but it's going to be very interesting to hear your take on what your biggest challenges are. So I think the biggest challenge as a company is trying to introduce a very tech savvy product to a very tech adverse industry we obviously know that growers are not 
great on their cell phones and trying to get them on a laptop and show them all this tech and metrics is beyond difficult. So setting up meetings and trying to make growers understand the value that we're trying to add and the time they can save and money and all that kind of stuff that has been quite challenging. So that's definitely like a big challenge from a company side. Um, as a drone, I think for the drone industry, not necessarily for aerobotics, but uh, for drone companies in general, I think the biggest challenge is probably the regulations. And secondly, probably discontinuation of drones. We obviously work a lot with DGI and um, every time they release a new drone, they discontinue the rest. So then it's very difficult to keep updating our product and for, for pilots to keep buying new, more expensive drones every time to keep up with the market. Which drones are most of your pilots flying? So at the moment, we're actually moving towards the Matrice series. So the 210, which has also now become discontinued, and we really like the, the M300. And so we're using that for our, our tree insights and yield insights and for our thermal. Um, but previously, we, we flew with Phantoms. We flew with Inspires. Um, we also used the Quantum Systems. We, we can only really use drones that have dual payload capabilities. So that's a bit of a restriction from, from our side. We need a high resolution visual camera and a multi-spectral camera taking photos at the same time. So um, we've often had chats with the likes of Wingtra who are really great for collecting a lot of acres in a day, but can only really carry one camera at a time. So we're looking at dual payload possibilities with them. Um, so at the moment, DJI is, is great for that. Like um, not so much the Phantom, but Inspire, can potentially carry an extra uh, payload. The matrices carry two payloads quite easily. And the quantum systems can do that now as well with their, their microsense integration kit. So those are the, the drones that we work with mainly now, but we obviously want to accept as many drones as possible, but it does uh, become tricky when we working with specific software for specific drones. Like on the yield side, we're using the, the onboard SDK to, to help with some programming and computer vision. And do you think um, that you will ever evolve into um, offering the solution for specific uh, problems that you spot, like crop spraying solutions um, with the outgrowth drones, for example? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's lots of ideas, lots of possibilities and synergies here. Like, ideally, we want to identify all the problems and then give the growers all the solution to those problems. And then also come in with the, the solutions ourselves, whether it's like a crop spraying drone or water solutions or whatever it is. But we'd obviously like to provide an end-to-end -end service for these growers. Um, so we, we are still working on that. And, and that's the exciting part about having all these ideas. Yeah, definitely. And, and talking about all those ideas and all those pilots, um, before the podcast, we were talking a little bit about team management and how that you manage your pilots on WhatsApp um, and from previous interviews and talks that I have with other operators, I know that almost 99% of businesses manage their team on WhatsApp or email or something like that. What would you recommend to those operators and how you tackle that problem when you scale to your size? Yeah, I mean, WhatsApp's obviously not ideal, especially when you're working in 18 different countries and in three different time zones, it becomes very tricky. I often find myself like falling asleep on WhatsApp and then waking up in the morning to WhatsApp uh, with pilots messaging me all the time. And from my experience, pilots love to talk. So it has been has been a challenge for us and tricky. But I, I do agree that WhatsApp is probably the best way to get 
immediate solutions and answers and and obviously when pilots are having problems in the field like that's the best way for us well for them to get hold of us and for for us to get hold of them as well so i don't think we'll ever fully get rid of whatsapp but we are you know trying to build a process here that allows for for pilots to have all the understanding and knowledge and training and know-how before flights so that when they do actually have the flights, they have all the tips and tricks and, and ways to solve things and troubleshoot things in the field. So we make sure that when they're on board with us, that they do theoretical quiz, a practical test. So by the time that they do their first job, they know all the things that can potentially go wrong and hopefully don't have to consult us. Because we also know that you know getting signal in the field is, is very tricky for pilots. So we want to make sure that they as knowledgeable as possible before the flights and then you know, hopefully, only have WhatsApp for for dire situations or support. But yeah, as I said, we we do we do use uh, email for the majority of our communications. Like when we're sending job information to pilots with KMLs, uh, PO numbers, all that kind of stuff, that all goes through through email. Of course, um, it's obviously probably one of the hardest things to scale up is going from a couple of pilots to a couple of hundred pilots or um, something like that. What are like the what are the biggest challenges that you come across that you came across when scaling up to this process? So I remember when I joined, um, we didn't have any record of pilots flying for us. There's no like not even the Excel sheet or anything like we were just WhatsApp guys if they could fly and it was obviously a horrible system. And when I joined, you know, being a, a startup, they're like, just do whatever you think is right, you know, like follow your heart. And if it doesn't work, then do it again. So I put together an Excel sheet and that eventually became super tedious because we were doing like, you know, tens or hundreds of flights a week. And then you had to manually input all the information. And that was just uh, not scalable, obviously. So now we use um, a management tool called Salesforce, where we keep all our information, all our leads, but also all our pilots and all the information, and we can like automate a lot of stuff through there, which is great. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's mainly how we do it now. Like we would probably use that program to to organize all the information for the growers and try and make it as automated as 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 possible. Yeah, that that sounds like a like like a solid solution. Do you think that you will come across? more challenges like this in the future like when you scale up even more what do you think that the challenges will be then so i mean if we move away from communication challenges there's obviously like hardware challenges as well like there are a few drones out there but they do get discontinued and i mean they are hardware at the end of the day you know they are bound to eventually fail like lots of new products that we've had we've introduced them well but then they come falling out the sky and then we don't know what was wrong with it sort of thing and we have to kind of fix it straight away and still try service the client in an appropriate time so there always are challenges with hardware so that will always definitely be something um and you know drones are also limited to a certain amount of acres per day like no matter i mean also regulations is obviously a big one as well we can can't fly higher than a certain height you know so we can only collect a certain amount of acres with with the dual cameras and a certain speed to make sure that we get enough coverage and photos and all that kind of stuff so uh, I think it's a combination of all these factors that are going to be challenging and for us like we just need to think of innovative solutions to be able to collect more data in there and then also from a company side how do we then equally process as much data yeah to what size do you see 
aerobotics growing? What is the ultimate goal? I mean, I'd love to see everybody just offer that end-to-end -end solution. Like we're offering a lot of great insights now to growers and getting them to adopt it is one thing. But if we can keep coming up with great ideas and uh, I think it won't necessarily be about, um, you know, flying every single acre in the world. It will be more about offering as many growers, as many solutions as possible. So if we can just even start with like the top 10 growers and we give them multiple flights throughout the season and we solve their pests and disease issues we we solve their yield issues their resource planning all that kind of stuff the irrigation problems um that would be ideal for us and then i think once we have scale uh, that kind of solves a lot of our problems like then we can you know set up contracts with pilots to buy more expensive drones or more drones we can have satellites or whatever it is um, but i think as long as we have a good product um that lots of growers can understand and see the value in then i think it will be easy to to scale up yeah well, i i totally agree and and you, you we're talking about something interesting here because you say as long as they can see the value and that was something that was very difficult in the beginning of the drone industry you literally had to go knock over people doors to and convince them 10 times before they would buy it that it would actually be an added value um, where do you think we are right now in that like process? Are we already completely past it? Spoiler, no, we're not. Um, but where do you think we are on that line of convincing people about the value of drones? I think uh, you just have to give them the opportunity, to be honest. Like, I think I'm actually quite a good example of this timeline. Like, when I joined Aerobotics, I knew absolutely nothing about drones. I was actually meant to start in like the data analytics part of the company and then. They're like, no, actually, we need you in drones like a week before I started. So um, I knew nothing about drones. I think to this day, I've probably only flown like a drone once in my life. And I, to be honest, never really was a big fan of them, like especially when you see them, you know, when you're lying on the beach or something like that. But since I've been working at Aerobotics, I've just like the value that they've added and the innovation is incredible, like not just at Aerobotics, but I mean, like during COVID, we were, you know, playing a big part in food security um managing resources labor all that kind of stuff as well which is super useful but i've also seen it and by speaking to other pilots about you know the, the help that they're adding on a security side when we we have these issues in south africa and then um on the mining and surveillance side as well like inspecting um you know uh power lines or whatever it is normally like quite dangerous jobs can now be done by a drone um and yeah so it's crazy to see the amount of good that a drone can do. And I think you just kind of have to give drones the opportunity to showcase that um, before knocking them down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Then let me see the next question. All right. Um, it's finished the sentence. Um, might be a little bit hard on the spot, but give it your best shot. Um, finish the sentence. The best thing about the drone industry is. Innovation. I think it's it's a lot about what I just spoke about in the previous question, but just the value that that drones can add through through innovation is incredible, and it's seen firsthand here at Aerobotics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's it's a worldwide thing um, the the amount of innovation that a new technology brings. And before drones, it was a long time ago since there was something as new as drones introduced into like the commercial world available to everyone it, it created a lot of opportunities and a lot of innovation and we're still 
at the beginning of what is possible with them, um, I think. Um, do you have any advice that you would give to um, drone business owners, best practices, guys that are just starting up? Um, I'd say firstly, adhere to the regulations. So South Africa is definitely, in my opinion, probably the strictest place to, to fly drones. Um, but we've seen firsthand people come short of that. And, and, and the aerobotics, we only hire people with valid ROCs and RPLs. So I would say, you know, follow the regulations. I know it's tedious and takes a long time, but it's definitely worth it. Um, and then secondly, diversify. Um, a big thing that I talk to my drone pilots about when they're you know, thinking about investing in a new drone or a new microsense or whatever it is, um, you need to have your fingers in all the pies. Like agriculture, I mean, we, we're lucky that we can work in you know, the southern and the northern hemisphere, so um, we can get that kind of seasonal work, but agriculture is seasonal. So if you're working in South Africa for aerobotics, you're going to have work for four, five, six months, a year sort of thing. And then the rest of the year, you've got to find some other work to, to do and keep the the money in the bank sort of thing so yeah diversify try try you know invest in drones and cameras that you can use in multiple industries so try agriculture try mining try construction surveillance media if you have to sort of thing you know so um yeah try try you know get little streams of income from everywhere if possible and would you because it, this is actually very interesting because i've discussed it with someone else's already as well and their opinion was the opposite. Um, so would you recommend diversifying into all the branches or would you recommend diversifying into, for example, farming and security and inspections? I would, I mean, I would pick personally at least two or three different industries. Like, cause, cause agriculture, I mean, you're going to have work half the year. So what are you going to do the rest of the time? So then it doesn't make sense just to invest in agriculture. Um, there's obviously it's quite lucrative and you can obviously do quite well in there if you fly a lot but um, I would at least in, invest in two or three of them or at least if you're going to do agriculture then you have work consistently throughout the rest of the year and something else whether it's one other industry or two like as long as you have work all year around the clock because we know drones eventually that get discontinued and they're no longer relevant so you need to make the most out of those drones as, as much as you can yeah, absolutely. I fully agree. Um, we're already to, to one of the last questions. Um, and that is, what achievement are you the most proud of um, within your career in the drone industry? So the company's obviously done quite well, and we've been lucky enough to receive quite a lot of awards, like best tech and most innovative company and all those kind of things. But I think as a team, and me personally, it's not specifically just one thing. I mean, our, our biggest accomplish, I guess, is the, the constant ability to to overcome challenges. As I mentioned earlier, like we, we're often releasing new products and with new products comes new challenges and drones falling out the sky, new drones, more expensive drones, you know. So we've always found a way to uh, solve those problems. Um, and when there are, you know, drones falling out the sky, then we, we come up with the solution pretty quickly and solve it. So, I mean, being being a startup and being um in new fields uh, you often find yourself in the deep end and um but i guess you, you kind of get the best learnings from that anyway so i think uh, from our side like being in the deep end has has helped us to like explore these new waters and and learn incredibly fast so i think that's probably be our best achievement 
Yeah, that is very nice. Um, all right, Matthew, um, one more question. Um, less of a drone business talk question, but still a drone business talk question. <laughs> what are one of the to topics that you would like to see discussed here uh, on the podcast? You mentioned it earlier in the interview, but it's now uh, made me think about it quite a bit. Is um, a South African company, actually the first crop spraying company in South Africa, um, a company called Paxis. Not sure if you heard of them before, but I've had quite a few chats with their their CEO Tim Wise, um, and it's obviously super interesting what they do, and obviously a huge success that they can now do this line of business now in South Africa. And we've obviously had discussions about potential synergies with aerobotics and how we can work together and add value to the agriculture industry. So it'd be great to to hear from them on on how they're doing and uh, what their their next steps are for the future. Yeah, I have definitely heard of them. I think they're one of the only one, two, or three companies that are actually allowed to spray anything from a drone in South Africa. Correct. Yeah, I think they were the first, um, and there may have been yeah. one or two after that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll definitely contact them. I I know we we've we've chatted like last year or maybe already two years ago. Doesn't matter. We'll definitely <laughs> contact them. Um, Matthew, that was it. Um, thank you so much for for joining me. Um, it was a great podcast. It was the first one. I did okay, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you, man, so much uh, for joining me. It was great talking to you. Um, and if the listeners. Um, or viewers because it's going to be on YouTube as well. I have any questions, you can always hit me up um, or you can contact Matthew and his contact information will be in the description. Drone Business Talk is brought to you by iDroneact, the drone management platform. iDroneact makes it easy to fly professional drones in safe, legal, and profitable way. iDroneact clears the air so you can focus on your mission and fly more.